Hi, everybody. This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, we are talking Penn State football every day, Monday through Friday. I am your host, Kevin McGuire, a contributor to AthlonSports.com and NBCSports.com's College Football Talk. And I am so happy to have you here with today because we have a jam-packed episode. I'm going to cram in as much Penn State football talk as I possibly can within the next 30 or so minutes. And I want to make sure that you guys come back for more tomorrow because we have some stuff we're not even going to get to today. So the best way to stay up to date with all these podcasts is to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app, whether it's iTunes or Google Play, Spotify or Stitcher or iHeartRadio, whatever the case may be. Go ahead and subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. We appreciate the feedback and it does help with the placement on those various podcasting platforms so you can help us grow the show moving forward because it is a great time to be talking Penn State football. And we also talk Penn State football all day, every day on Twitter and on Facebook. So follow us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Locked On Nittany. And guys, what do we have coming up for you today on this Tuesday, November 5th, 2019? Well, We have some news and notes. We've got uh, semifinals for a defensive award, having a Penn State player included. We're going to talk briefly about the latest Florida State coaching rumors. James Franklin, a candidate. We're going to discuss that real quick. And we have some stuff to get into with the college football playoff rankings coming out tonight. So we'll share some thoughts once again on what to expect from those rankings coming out tonight and seeing what you should be looking for once those rankings are unveiled. And in our final segment today, we are going to finally get a first look at the Minnesota Golden Gophers, Penn State's next opponent on the schedule. It's a big one this weekend, guys, and we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it as the week progresses, but we'll get our first look at Minnesota in our third segment of today's episode. So without any further ado, we have a lot to get to, so let's hop right on in. It is the first Tuesday of November, and that means it is election day. So make sure you find your local polling places and go out and do your civic duty and cast your votes for whatever offices may be up in your area, whether you're voting for a local town supervisors or school board. These are all important decisions, guys. We are going to stick to sports here. We're not going to get too political or anything, but I do like to remind people to go out and have your voice heard because it really is important. So make sure you go vote and uh, do some research before you vote, too. That's always key. By the way, I never get an I voted sticker. I'm just throwing that out there. I vote I vote every year. <laughs> I really do. And my local polling place never has the I voted stickers. And what infuriates me even more, my wife gets them. <laughs> my wife has gotten them. So I don't know what's going on there. Maybe I'm just going at bad times. I don't know. But uh, I would really appreciate an I voted sticker this year if my local polling district is uh, listening to this podcast for whatever reason as they're waiting and checking people in. Uh, so if you see me coming through, I want an I voted sticker. Oh, guys, I'll update you guys later on whether or not I actually did get an I voted sticker. All right, so let's take a look at the notebook today. And there is the semifinalist for the Buckus Award, the top linebacker in the country. And not too surprisingly, Penn State has a player on the semifinalist list. This is seemingly a regular routine 
for the Buckus Award, having at least one Penn State player in the mix is uh, far more common than not. And this year, Micah Parsons is named a semifinals for the award. I did not look to see when they whittle down this list down to the finalists. However, uh, there are some Big Ten players on the list. And it's been a while since a Big Ten player has won the award. It's actually been uh, since 2007 when the last time a Big Ten player won it. That was James Laurinaitis of Ohio State. Penn State does have a couple of Buckus Award winners in its history. You have to go back to 2005 when Paul Puzlesny took home the award. And 1999 when LeVar Arrington was awarded the Buckus Award. He was the first Penn State player to win the award. An SEC player has won the award the last three years. Reuben Foster of Alabama won it in 2016. Roquan Smith won it uh, from Georgia in 2017. And last year's winner was Devin White of LSU. So, Michael Parsons trying to become the first Big Ten player since 2007 to win the award. First Penn State player since 2005 to win the award. I do also want to make note that the Buckus Award also hands out an award to the top professional player. And they've been doing that since 2008. And in 2013, Penn State's Navarro Bowman took home the award. So he's the only Penn State player since Paul Puzlesny to win the award. He just did so at the professional level instead of the collegiate level. Okay, we are going to briefly touch on this subject because I know it's already been coming up in the last 24 hours and we just have to address it. It's not quite an elephant in the room, but it is that time of the year when the coaching rumors gets a little wild. And we've seen this before with Penn State head coach James Franklin having his name attached to potential opportunities at a place like USC. And now we're seeing them connected to Florida State. I have no reason to believe that James Franklin is interested in leaving Penn State for Florida State. I'm not even sure he's interested in leaving Penn State for USA. I don't know what's inside of him. I don't know what he's thinking. I'm just giving you my perspective. And I feel like, and I don't think I'm being too biased here, I feel like he's in a really good spot at Penn State. Having a lot of success, having a team that is perennially uh, challenging for the Big Ten, potentially a playoff spot. And there is a lot to like about the job at Florida State. Say what you will about the level of that program the last couple of years. But the right hire at Florida State should have some quick success. And I think James Franklin would kill it at USC. I think he would kill it at Florida State. He's also killing it at Penn State. But here's the thing. Now we are officially having James Franklin listed as a potential candidate for the job at Florida State, which is kind of silly to say because technically everybody is a candidate for the position at Florida State. But once the sports odds makers start putting coaches' names on the board for any potential job, people are going to talk. And James Franklin, of course, is now attached to one of those sports odds for the next head coach at Florida State. These odds come from Bet Online. Uh, they're relayed by Odd Shark. I saw on Twitter the odds to be Florida State's head coach for the 2020 college football season. James Franklin comes in at plus 500. It's the third best odds on the board, according to Bet Online. Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell is the favorite at plus 300, followed by Kentucky's Mark Stoops at plus 400. Stoops' brother, Bob Stoops, the former Oklahoma coach who won a national championship and is currently uh, getting ready to coach in the XFL in this upcoming resurrected season, he also has plus 500 odds like James Franklin. Coincidentally enough, Minnesota's head coach, P.J. Fleck, a name that I have seen floating around there a little bit more commonly, at least on Twitter, as a potential idea for Florida State. 
He's coming in at plus 600, the same odds that retired Ohio State coach Urban Meyer has. Other coaches on that list include Josh Heupel of UCF at plus 700. Syracuse's Dino Babers at plus 1,000. Probably would have felt a little bit better about that one if Syracuse wasn't going in the tank this season. Uh, we also see Baylor head coach Matt Rule at plus 1,000. Kind of like that one. Uh, Jimbo Fisher at plus 1,500. That's not going to happen. Just take that one off the board. He's not going back there. Jim Harbaugh at plus 2,000. And this is where I think we're just throwing names on the board just for the heck of it <laughs> because Jim Harbaugh is not going to leave Michigan for Florida State. I don't think he's even leaving Michigan. And, of course, Bobby Bowden. You can't have a Florida State odds for to be the next head coach without listing Bobby Bowden for some reason. Bowden comes in at plus 5,000. So, again, that's just another name you throw out there. Um, you know, Somebody's going to put a buck on it, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah, Jim Harbaugh's not leaving Michigan. Bobby Bowden's not coming back to save Florida State. Jimbo Fisher's not leaving Texas A&M. And as far as James Franklin's concerned, I don't think James Franklin's leaving Penn State for Florida State. All right, coming up in our next segment, it is a big night for college football because we're getting our first look at the college football playoff rankings. And we've touched on it a couple times, but we're going to do it one more time. This is our last chance to talk about it before the rankings come out tonight on ESPN. And I think Penn State's going to be in. Tonight is a big night for college football fans because we are going to get our first look at the college football playoff rankings as determined by the selection committee, who's going to be making the ultimate decision at the end of the season, which four teams in college football are the best and most worthy of playing for college football's national championship. How you define best is totally up to you. Everybody's got a different opinion, and that's why the selection committee, I'm sure there are going to be a number of different opinions on just how they should be ranking the best teams. Everybody has a different definition for best. Some people go strictly off of resume. Some people say, well, the resume may not be all that great as far as strength of schedule is concerned, but man, this team is really darn good. So I think the big question tonight is, first of all, where is Penn State going to be ranked? Now, the more I've talked about this, the more I've been thinking that there is a probably a decent chance that Penn State will be in the top four when these initial rankings are released tonight. I know I've been saying for a while now that I think you should expect Penn State to be fifth, but the more I think about it, the more I look at some of the, the stuff that's out there, the more I think Penn State should be the number four team as determined by the selection committee when these rankings are put together. And I fully admit, I don't think Penn State's offense is as good as LSU's, Alabama's, Ohio State's, or Clemson's. But I do think their defense is as good or belongs in the same category as LSU's, Alabama's, Clemson's, or Ohio State's. Maybe some of those teams are better than Penn State defensively. I'm not going to bicker with that. But the strength of schedule is starting to look more and more favorable for Penn State. Aside from LSU, how many teams have a victory against a top 15 team in the country? Not too many of them, right? Penn State does. They beat Michigan. Look at Iowa. That's another top 20 team. How many teams have two victories against top 20 teams this season? That's, again, aside from LSU, not many. Penn State's one of them. So Penn State's sitting in a pretty good spot as far as what we think the selection committee could potentially do. And if there is anything to be learned by this process the last few years that they've been doing this, it is that they look at a couple of things. They look at who's undefeated. Okay, Penn State's undefeated. They're going to be lumped into one category. 
And then you start to look at who those teams have beaten. LSU has beaten some teams. Ohio State's beaten Wisconsin. Penn State has beaten Michigan and Iowa. Clemson hasn't really beaten anybody of note as far as the rankings are concerned. They certainly have Wake Forest on the schedule to look forward to. Maybe Louisville's a little bit better this year, but they haven't beaten the ranked opponents that LSU, Ohio State, or Penn State have had. So if the selection committee is going to value those wins on the schedule, then Penn State's sitting in a pretty good spot. But I'm going to say something right now that I've been saying, I think, on a weekly basis for the last four years, five years, whatever we've been up to at this point. And you guys are going to hear me say this every week. These rankings that are coming out tonight mean absolute nothing. Absolutely nothing is going to come out of tonight's rankings. We're led to believe that these selection committee rankings are created from scratch on a weekly basis. I tend to believe that. But you can't change the line of thinking for some of these people. And I think just humans in nature, just by restarting the process, you're still going to be going through that process with the same mindset of how you're individually going to be evaluating the data that you are collecting and evaluating and determining which one is better than the other. So while you may start from scratch, you're not starting your brain from scratch. So the rankings that come out tonight are going to be an indication for how the selection committee is evaluating things to this point and how they could potentially evaluate moving forward. It is very difficult to predict what's going to happen on a week to week basis, especially if any weekend has a lot of crazy stuff happen. But if the, if the, if the chalk holds for the most part, then a lot of this process is going to be pretty simple. So tonight, what I want you to look for is first of all, where's Penn state ranked? I think they will be top five for sure. I think there's a chance that they can be in the top four, maybe just ahead of Clemson, but be very curious to see if Clemson is in the top four and Penn State's in the top four, who would potentially get left out? Would it be Alabama? I, I don't think so. But that's the first thing we obviously need to pay attention to. Where is Penn State going to be ranked? And the thing I will say right now is wherever Penn State is ranked, don't worry about it because Ohio State's going to be in the top four and you're going to get a chance to beat Ohio State. You take care of business against the Buckeyes later in November and you don't slip up elsewhere, you're in excellent shape. So don't worry about it. So my official prediction for the top five tonight will be LSU at number one, Ohio State at number two. I'm going to go Alabama at three and Penn State at four, just ahead of Clemson. But if it's not that, I think Clemson will be ahead of Penn State. But I'm going to say Penn State's going to come in just ahead of Clemson. So I think that that's your top four, LSU, Ohio State, Alabama, Penn State. Again, we'll see what happens. But either way, Penn State's sitting in a really good spot. So what else should you be paying attention to when these rankings come out tonight? Well, pay attention beyond the top 10 because odds are you're going to have a couple opponents that Penn State has previously played in there that should be in a position to start moving up a little bit. So number one, you got to look to see where Michigan is. Michigan is number 14 in the, the coaches poll and the AP poll. They'll probably be around there when these playoff rankings come out. But again, as I've said, and it's kind of the theme of this week uh, in yesterday's podcast, the more Michigan wins, the better results for Penn State. Because the better Michigan looks, the more impressive that victory against Michigan is going to look at the end of the season. So as long as Penn State continues to take care of their business, uh, if Michigan continues to win some games, that's ultimately going to bode very well for Penn State. And the same is true for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Check to see where Iowa's ranked. I think that they'll be in the top 20 for sure. But if Iowa can, can win some games coming forward here too, 
they're also going to have a chance to help Penn State's resume a little bit. Now, Iowa's going to have to play Wisconsin, so I'm not really sure how that game's going to work out for Iowa and thus for Penn State. But let's say if Iowa does win that game against Wisconsin, that looks better for Penn State and hands Wisconsin another loss. And whose signature win so far to this date is against Wisconsin? It'd be the Ohio State Buckeyes. And of course, one final thing that is should be a little bit obvious to look for in these rankings tonight is where's Minnesota ranked? That's next up for Penn State on the schedule. So you kind of want to know what Penn State's going up against. And it's an opportunity for another good quality win on the resume. And let's say that Minnesota is going to be in the top 15. I think that that's absolutely expected given that they are 8-0 and have looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. They don't exactly have the, the resume that a lot of these other teams will have. So that's why I think they'll be outside the top 10. But an 8-0 Minnesota in the top 15 of these rankings, you get a chance to beat them this weekend. That's another good quality win for Penn State if they can get it. So let's pay attention to see where Minnesota's ranked. Also keep tabs on where Michigan and Iowa are. And again, I think Penn State's going to be in the top four that's what I'm saying right now. Now, that could very well change in the next couple of weeks, even if they win a couple of games. But I think as far as this point in the season, I think Penn State is not only worthy of a top four pick in the selection committee's rankings, I think they should be a number four pick in the selection committee's rankings. This is a Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany and check out our full lineup of programs available to you on the Locked On Podcast Network covering all your favorite NBA, NFL, and NHL teams and a whole bunch of other college teams as well. And guys, let me tell you about Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below the belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Locked On at Manscaped.com. All right, it is time to get ready, turn the page, and talk about the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Penn State's going on the road this weekend. Both teams are coming off a bye week. Both teams are 8-0. And this game figures to have a lot of implications moving forward. Maybe not the game that a lot of people expected it to be at the beginning of the season. I don't think too many people expected Minnesota to be undefeated. And I don't know too many people who expected Penn State to be undefeated. Just going to crow a little bit right here. I did. If you check out my Athlon Sports game-by-game predictions, I predicted that Penn State was going to win every game coming up to this game. And I may have picked Minnesota to win this game originally back in the summer, but we'll talk about that later this week. So Minnesota's coming in. They are the number 13 team in the country in the AP poll. They are a clean 8-0 overall, 5-0 in conference play. They are outscoring Big Ten opponents 206-72. But their two most recent opponents are Maryland and Rutgers. So are the numbers inflated a little bit? Is it a little bit too premature to suggest that maybe this Minnesota team is getting better and better by the week and they are a serious threat to Penn State? Guys, I don't think so. I think this Minnesota team is a pretty legitimate contender in that Big Ten West division. If you look at the standings, they are two games up in the loss column on Iowa and Wisconsin. They still have to play both of those teams, of course. And this is a November that's going to be very challenging for Minnesota. But you have to give him a lot of credit. And you have to give P.J. Fleck a tremendous amount of credit for the way that this team has rallied together, gone through some close calls, and they do seem to be improving 
as the season continues on. This season opened up with a scare against an FCS team, a very good FCS team, which just hosted game day recently, South Dakota State. Minnesota had to win that game 28-21. to That was a close call, much closer than I think a lot of Minnesota fans would have liked to have seen. Then they go on the road. They have to escape at Fresno State, one of the better teams traditionally in the Mountain West Conference, maybe not so much this year, but that was a, a good early test to take this Minnesota team on the road against a team that is a pretty decent group of five program. And then they come home and they play Georgia Southern team, which not a lot of people are going to raise a whole lot of eyebrows about, but that's a Georgia Southern team that has become one of the better programs in the uh, Sunbelt conference. So the non-conference schedule didn't look all that glorious for Minnesota. But when you look at the winning percentage that those three teams individually had last year, those three teams won a lot of games last year. So they weren't just playing pushover cupcakes here. They were playing some good programs, granted, from the FCS, the Mountain West Conference, and the Sunbelt Conference. But you know what? These are good programs. They were good tests for a Minnesota team that's still kind of uh, evolving a little bit, building something. And I think that was a great way for P.J. Fleck and the Gophers to get the season started and starting to gain some confidence. If they had lost one of those games or maybe even two of those games, this season could be a completely different story right now. But the fact is they won some close games early on. They go into conference play. They go on the road and take down Purdue 38-31. to Then they come home. They take care of business against Illinois 40-17. to And then in their last three games, they have taken down Nebraska in blowout fashion 34-7 to at home. They go on the road. Destroy Rutgers. Everybody beats Rutgers. 42-7. to And then last week, or not last week, but their last game before their bye week, they blew away Maryland 52-10. to So this Minnesota team is just gaining more and more confidence offensively. They've had three of their strongest defensive performances leading into their bye week. So they have a lot of momentum, and they need to try and find a way to carry that over because this Penn State team is going to be their biggest test of the season to date. So who do we need to know on this Minnesota team? Well, we're going to focus on the offense today because the offense has really been the real consistent key here for the Gophers this season. And I think when you think about Minnesota, you tend to think about their running backs. And I think about their running backs this week because Rodney Smith is coming in. He is a guy that has been experienced. He missed a lot of last year with an injury, but he's back and he is taking care of the ball this season. He is the third leading rusher in the Big Ten behind a couple guys named J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor. You may have heard of them, but he has 899 yards. And then last year, the guy who filled in for him, Muhammad Abraham, he is a pretty good running back as well. He's been getting a little bit of playing time. He's a nice little compliment. Minnesota's got a good stable of running backs going for him this season. But as with any offense, it all starts with the quarterback. And Minnesota's got a pretty good one in Tanner Morgan. He's coming into this game averaging about 200 yard, 220 yards per game. His 10.2 yards per attempt easily leads the Big Ten. I believe he's the only quarterback to average at least 10 yards per pass attempt this season. So what does that tell you? Well, it tells you that he's getting some good plays from his wide receivers. It tells you that he's also very careful with the football in his selection, and he's probably pretty accurate too. So he's not afraid to to throw a little bit downfield and stretch the field a little bit, and that's something that Penn State is going to have to worry about defensively. Tanner Morgan's coming in. He's the second highest-rated passer in the Big Ten. Justin Fields of Ohio State is number one. 
Sean Clifford of Penn State is number three. So he's in some really good uh, company right now as far as the Big Ten's leading passers are concerned. He's got 18 touchdowns, four interceptions. He doesn't throw more than one interception in a game. I think he's only done it once in his career over the last couple of years here. So this is a guy that is very selective with his passing. So Penn State's going to have to bring pressure on him and force him to make some mistakes because he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's kind of like Sean Clifford, who uh, he Sean Clifford has been rattled at times, but he does not make mistakes. So Penn State is going to have to find a way on the defensive line to create some pressure. And that's going to lead us to a mailbag question that we got from Olivia, who wants to know, is Penn State going to suffer without defensive tackle Antonio Shelton? Uh, of course, Shelton has been suspended by James Franklin and Penn State for his spitting incident in their last game against Michigan State. Uh, Olivia goes on to say, we hear a lot about death, particularly at defense, so I'm interested in the implications of this suspension. Well, the good news for Penn State is the defensive line is still in really good shape. When you've got Shaka Tony on one end and Grossier Romatos on the other, you're going to have a pretty good chance to create some pressure on the outsides. And the defensive interior is still going to be in pretty good shape. So this is going to be interesting because Antonio Shelton, he was, he's been a starter, but he hasn't necessarily been a full-time guy. They've been playing some P.J. Mustafer a little bit, and he's been splitting some time. Uh, he has been listed as the starter for this week uh, with uh, Judge Culpepper, I believe, as the top backup. So that's going to be the situation coming into this game. I think that Penn State can survive this one game. Uh, without Antonio Shelton. Of course, that would obviously help if he were there. But I think uh, the defensive line, it really is pretty strong. And that's the one area where you know Penn State in this game is really supposed to have the advantage on the line of scrimmage, especially on this defensive line. Minnesota's got a good player, some good players, I should say. Uh, they've been having a really good year. But this is the best defensive line easily that they have faced all season long. So that should be an area where Penn State's recruiting and, and quality of roster depth should carry through and create a little bit of uh, momentum at, at some point in the game. So we've already seen this defense is pretty darn good. <laughs> they've, they've been taking care of business for uh, pretty much a weekly basis all season long. I don't anticipate that that's going to slow down coming off a of bye week against Minnesota. What I do think should be a little bit of a concern, and it feels like I've said this about a couple games already this season, is is Minnesota going to come off hot uh, to start the game? Does Do they get a couple scores and maybe put Penn State in a double-digit hole early on? I thought that might be the case when Penn State went out to Iowa. I thought it might be the case against Michigan State. Neither time was that the case. So I think that that's probably going to continue here against Minnesota. Minnesota's going to run the football, but the defensive line is not going to give up big chunks of yards, I think, on the ground. And they will be able to create some pressure on Tanner Morgan, even without Antonio Shelton at defensive tackle. So I think the defensive line is really going to be on the spotlight here, and I think that they'll follow through just fine. So I think as far as this game's concerned, Penn State defensive line depth, not an issue. If there's a problem against Ohio State, that's a different story. But I don't think Minnesota has the talent to really create that much of an advantage. Maybe they try running up the middle a few more times to see if they can get anything going. But I don't think they'll get too much going there. So I think Penn State's defensive line will be just fine without Antonio Shelton for this game. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to those who have chosen to subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, and so many more. 
you've been leaving a rating and a review. We definitely appreciate that. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Coming up in tomorrow's episode, guys, we will recap the college football playoff rankings. We'll share some initial reactions to those rankings to see where Penn State is. And we'll see where the rest of the Big Ten and how the playoff picture is looking based on the first batch of rankings. We'll also continue a look at Minnesota. We'll dive into the defensive side a little bit because we ran out of time, didn't get a chance to talk about that. Focuses a lot on that Minnesota offense, but we do need to respect that defense because, like I said, come off three of their best defensive performances coming into this game. So this is going to be a fun episode. Make sure you're tuned in. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, at KevinOnCFB. I'm Kevin McGuire. Folks, have a great Tuesday. Go out and vote. Get that I Voted sticker. Come back tomorrow. We'll continue our conversation. Getting ready for Penn State, Minnesota later this week. I'll talk to you then.